Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you very much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Man, there's a lot to cover in this show today. We'll let you decide where to start, David. Well, Donald Trump was on Meet the Press, made a lot of news, made a lot of headlines. And Kristen Welker, the new moderator of Meet the Press, you know, it's a meet the old boss, same, or meet the new boss, same as the old boss, right? Yep. Constantly interrupting, constantly just getting in Democrat talking points. Nobody's yes. in favor of abortion for all nine months of pregnancy. Why that's, do they keep saying that? Why do they keep saying that? Because that's the talking point. But it's not true. Because It's not true, but does that ever stop Jeez. the left from doing that? And right. the thing is, if she doesn't carry that out, she gets shredded from the left. Crazy. And she could lose a gig. So, yes, of course. Okay, so go and, in a, anyway. Well, and, and of course, uh, the Capitol riot came up January 6th, the attack on the Capitol at, at the direction of Donald Trump. And I love that Donald Trump was able to steamroll her a little bit through the talking points. Um, Cause she asked him, why didn't you do more to stop the violence on the day of the Capitol riot? And well, he answered or tried to. Yes. Did you call military or law enforcement? What? Did you call military or law enforcement at the moment the Capitol was under attack? I'm not going to tell attack? you anything. I told, okay. I, Nancy Pelosi turned down 10,000 soldiers. If she didn't do that, but and now Nancy I understand, I understand that, that you the police testified against no, What he just said was true. Yeah. We talked about it at the time. No one else seems to pick it up. But that was huge. That you have commander-in-chief, Listen to me, Kristen. Listen to me. I understand that the police testified against her, the chief very strongly against mm-hmm. her, Capitol Police, great people. They testified against her. And they burned all the evidence. Okay, they burned all the evidence. They destroyed all the evidence about Nancy Pelosi. What do you say to people who wonder why you, you as commander in chief, you have authorities that Nancy Pelosi doesn't have as commander in chief? No, no, she in-chief. has authority over why the Capitol. Why didn't you send help in that moment, though? Uh, frankly, just so you understand, I assume that she took care of it. She turned down. So when you realized that that the National Guard wasn't coming. Well, you didn't. You don't realize anything until quite a while. National Guard not coming. I yes, I asked it to be there three days in advance, and she turned it down. She says that that request was never officially made. Oh, just stop so it. you know. L- let, let me just tell you. Let me ask you the about mayor of D- Let me talk to you. The mayor of D.C. gave us a letter saying that she turns it down. Okay, we have it. Nancy Pelosi also was asked, and she turned it down. The police commissioner. I'm talking about Capitol the day police, of the. Wait a minute. Yeah. Capitol Police said that he wanted it, and Nancy Pelosi wouldn't accept it. She's responsible for January 6th. I am glad he got that out. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a whole lot of people uh, for whom that is brand new information. Yes. Oh, yeah. When it comes to Capitol Police, I think he kind of mixes up the responsibilities a little bit there, but he brings up the mayor of D.C., who, I mean, we talked about it that week. Yes. Why in the world are you putting National Guardsmen on traffic duty without weapons when you're going to have... 100,000 demonstrators, who knows who else is going to show up there, and just a little ways away, you've got a joint session of Congress. Are you high? 
Why do you no. not have real security there? Because you wanted what happened to happen. Because you wanted it to happen. I'm convinced of it. Well, give you another one. What, what other logical explanation is there? At the time, dude, I'll bring it up again. We said it as we were watching it unfold. It's like they want this to happen. And then you find out more and more information. What? Pelosi didn't do this? The mayor didn't do this? It's like they wanted it to happen. And then just recently, you had the fence cutter? Why is he cutting the fence to allow people to just go into this place where they could get arrested? Well, once you get to this part of the Capitol, you could be arrested. Yes, a lot of people know that information, and most are convinced, yes, they wanted it to happen. However, you have half the people in the country that have no clue about any of what we just talked about. And they'll keep on believing, you know, insurrection, coup, the whole thing. And the most important part for the 2024 election is that the independents find out the truth. And you're hoping Mm -hmm. that that's what happens. But there's certainly a lot more of that interview to get to. Plus, now you got Hunter Biden saying, you know what? I'm going to sue. Yeah. What's happened to me is unfair. This is rich. He's suing the IRS now uh, because of the whistleblowers who he say leaked private information. I would have to say this this will have a chilling effect on our time-honored tradition in this country (laughs) of celebrating and protecting and honoring whistleblowers. (laughs) <laughs> this is a grave threat to democracy, is it not? <laughs> well, if you're playing by the left's rules, then yes, it absolutely is. Correct. No, I mean, this it's a situation where Hunter Biden's lawyers are going to be throwing everything they can out there to try to, because they thought they were going to have this sweetheart deal a couple months ago on tax evasion charges, uh, the FARA, the, the failing to register as a foreign agent charges, not to mention the gun charges. They thought all of this was going to go away over the summer, and now all of a sudden, uh-oh, we're going to go to trial on the gun charges, and who knows what else out is out there lurking. So they're just going to start throwing everything they can at the wall. Do you think it's possible the intelligence agencies could turn on Hunter now? Because they've protected him. Mm-hmm. Okay, and now that this suit is out there, you got anybody in there to say, okay, enough. Look at you. You're Hunter Biden, and you're going to accuse us of wrongdoing when we've protected you all this time? Enough of this nonsense. And this guy, your dad, the whole reason we're protecting you, this guy can't talk anymore. He can't put a sentence together. He's terrible. So I wonder if they're just going to say to heck with all of it and then really let the information out. All of a sudden, you could be seeing leaks to, you know, the Washington Post and the failing New York Times. I would not be surprised at all if we see it the next week to two weeks. I think they're already seeding that because yeah. I mentioned last week that the Pentagon just released the results of an investigation uh, or research that they commissioned mm-hmm. that shows, you know, uh, we are a little bit worried about the uh, age in Washington, D.C. because senility... <laughs> You know, we just kind of realized this, that senility could be a national security risk. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that that screw is starting to turn. You can see it. Well, the president's son suing a governmental agency, too, is really something. Yeah, I'm going to sue you for protecting. Yeah, on its face, that's something. It's something, man. Suing the IRS. Holy smokes, Daddy-O. Well, Scott, your boy Jake Sullivan had to answer a question about Hunter Biden and the indictment. You know what I like about him? Uh, He is a uh, very testosterone-filled man. (laughs) (laughs) Strong leader? Very strong.
It's like him and Jocko Willink right yes, there, right, right there, neck and neck, neck, and right? neck. Yep. yes, absolutely. Well, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan was asked whether or not uh, this whole thing with his son was a distraction for the president, especially he's got a big meeting uh, mm. with UN members uh, coming up this week. So, is this is his eye on the ball essentially? <laughs> you don't have to take it from me. You heard directly from the president that he's focused on delivering for the American people. That's true in terms of what he's trying to get done here at home, and it's definitely oh, true. Oh, no. Man, it, it, the country would feel better if you said, you know, he honestly has been distracted for a while. Yeah. To know that he's actually been focused and failing this badly, that's worse. <laughs> it's definitely true in terms of what he's trying to deliver in the way of security uh, at the U.N. General Assembly in supporting Ukraine and, and moving forward. So that's what he's focused on. That's where his mindset is. I had the opportunity to participate in the president's daily briefing today, and he was dialed in on the key issues that we're confronting. <laughs> God. What a hack. Dialed in. Okay. Speaking of hacks, and we can get more into this later, did you, anybody see the police from Politico talking about how the CDC wants your trust back? Uh, yeah. see, we know it'll take time to right. rebuild, but that's right. something we're doing, and the CDC's new director is traveling the country to meet with state leaders and using social media to win back the public's trust. Nope. Okay, you think by meeting with state leaders that's going to help build back the public's trust? You have no real idea of life, do you? Well, you no, lied no. to people. <laughs> Listen, no one has less trust in most states than state leaders. So you're, you're meeting with people we already don't trust to try to get them to trust you and then in turn get them to trust you as well. Well, it's like this little puff piece from Politico. <laughs> Mandy Cohen wants to win America's trust back. She has spent uh, the first two months as the new CDC director telling audiences in New York, Wisconsin, Washington that the agency has made mistakes. Blah, blah, blah. And you're going on with this thing and going on. And all of a sudden, you see the part of the story where you have Florida, which, you know, they've been fighting the real misinformation about COVID and vaccines. And, you know, you have their state leaders that people actually trust saying, you know, what's the uh, Surgeon General's name there? Joseph Ladapo? Sure. He, he said, you know, healthy adults under the age of 65, I don't know that you need this new vaccine. And you got the new director saying, I want to make sure folks know, particularly in Florida, the vaccination remains a safe way in terms of protecting against severe disease, hospitalization, and death. It's important for Americans to get these shots. She's trying to build back trust, you say. Yeah. Where other countries are saying, absolutely no kids get this. There's no benefit. We're saying, absolutely you know, six months, little toddler. They they need the shot. Right. They need the booster. Build back trust. My freaking, yeah. I don't know anybody who's enthusiastic about this next round. But no. I personally don't know anybody who's going to get it. And these are people who have gotten three or four shots. They're like, no, I'm not uh, doing this anymore. I'm done. According to that story, eight out of ten Democrats ready to roll. Good. With the uh, with the booster. I think I think once they get the booster, then they can vote while they're there. <laughs> <laughs> And, David, you had a story about Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah. Well, NFL quarterback Aaron Rodgers probably out for the year after being injured in the first game on his new team. Uh, and that weirdo sports commentator, Keith Olbermann, celebrated it. Oh, uh, yeah. Because he doesn't like the fact that Rodgers didn't get the COVID vaccine. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. He, he made some joke about it on Twitter, claiming it happened because he didn't get the vaccine. Right. Trying to mock the, the people who are worried about a connection between the COVID vaccine and heart issues. Like, oh, sudden injury because he didn't get the COVID vaccine. Now, Aaron right. Rodgers was asked about that on the Pat McAfee show. Oh, okay. Roll it. Hey, hold on. There's another guy. What's the guy? Keith Olbermann said oh, that. Uh, you love him, though. Because you're not vaxxed, that's why it happened. Yep. Yeah, get your fifth booster, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <Boom. laughs> that is pretty funny. Yeah, there's other controversy with Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if you've heard. We'll no. get to that also a little bit later on. And in just a few. <laughs> the Wall Street Journal going all in on some climate change nonsense. Straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Um, I had mentioned Aaron Rodgers, some other controversy that I'd heard out there. A buddy was telling me about this and looked it up, and sure enough, I mean, this was a piece from Sports Illustrated um, last year. And there was an interview with former Packers quarterback Deshaun Kaiser. And he was talking about when he first met Aaron Rodgers back in 2018. He said one of the first things that Aaron Rodgers asked this new backup QB, do you believe in 9-11? The quarterback's like, why? Kaiser's like, "Uh, do I believe in 9-11? Yeah, why wouldn't I? Rodgers simply responded with, yeah, you should read up on that. And Kaiser goes on in the interview to talk about Rodgers was having him look up all sorts of different things and having these discussions Mm -hmm. about different conspiracies. So if you remember, you know, last Monday night when Rodgers gets hurt and is out for the year, who was leading the charge with the flag on 9-11 in New York? It was Aaron Rodgers. Some people were like, yep, that was the karma train. Hmm. Hmm. Isn't that odd? That is odd. Well, I mean, he's he's kind of a kook. Oh, that's, yeah. That's not really all that surprising. Remember uh, years ago... I. I don't know what this is about people in the professional athletes or athletics world, mm-hmm. but like you got basketball players. What's that guy's name? Who's Kyrie Irving? About, yeah, I mean talking about like flat Earth theory and all this stuff. Pete Carroll yeah. with the Seahawks is a nine eleven truther, apparently. Oh, I didn't know that. Or at least that, that was the word years ago. I think there's been back and forth on that, but apparently he had asked somebody like, "So what really happened with nine eleven? Yeah, I could see that. He's kind of a kooky guy, old Pete Carroll. Anyway, um, I have to go back and listen to this interview with the backup QB, Kaiser. So he said, yeah, there was all these other conversations. Um, you know, inner earth, moon landing, <laughs> reptile people. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> so you're all laughing. Go do your research. I'm telling you, go do your research. <laughs> You know, yeah. I'm just waiting for the next thing to say, turn the frogs gay. Right, <laughs> right. Because that'd have to be there. Called, called one of his plays a cover-up one. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, just very interesting. <laughs> I mentioned the Wall Street Journal and uh, the climate change stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I'm the only one that subscribes for different stories, and I saw this. It said, these workers toiling the 120-degree heat are the on the front lines of climate change. I'm like, okay, we're talking about a degree and a half over, what, 100 years? Something like that? Yeah, something like that. Okay. 
But what it's saying is, as the Middle East and Eastern Mediterranean warm up faster than the rest of the world, migrant workers describe blistering conditions affecting their health. And the first thing you get is, you know, it's like this sad story of this ice cream seller, Ramadan Dopper. He's popping painkillers to relieve the headaches induced by the city's merciless heat. Why are you laughing at this guy, Scott? That's freaking rude. Ramadan Dopper. He went and got some dip doppers. Right. Dabber. D-A-B-E-R. Okay. You mean call him Daber? No, that's fine. I just, it just sounded funny when you said it. That's all. His name is Ramadan. I know. I don't want I don't want to take away from the fact he's suffering in the heat. <laughs> that's what it says he is. He waits for customers at his tricycle cart for nine hours at a stretch. Sometimes he can't see because of the humidity. Other points, he struggles to breathe. Ramadan said, it's like there's no oxygen. He's one of thousands of Egyptian migrants who work on Kuwait's searingly hot streets. It goes on with this stuff. And then when you get to, all right, where's the science behind this as far as the climate change? Because when you talk to people or listen to interviews from people say, listen, okay, there is something that the earth is getting warmer, but we're not facing an emergency. Okay, here are some things to look out for. So that's what I'm looking out for mm-hmm. when you see this type of stuff. It's talking about the last decade, 2011 to 2020. Kuwait recorded 48 days when the temperature reached 122 degrees or above, compared with 15 days in the decade from 2001 to 2010, and nine days from 81 to 90. And you've heard, well, they measured it in different ways. Then, okay, whatever. This is the two decades previous to that saw no temperature so extreme. The weather has fluctuated in recent years, with last year seeing only three days reaching 122 right. degrees or more. And you're like, yeah. okay. Well, well, that's that's what we're always taught, right? It's like a cycle. Yeah. Well, and, and the one thing you also can't take away is, I, I don't know what, you know, again, is mass urbanization that happens when you have more concrete. You have... It gets hotter. It gets hotter. And when you have a bunch of cars on the street and all that stuff, it does get warmer in dense urban environments. Yes, but it's just like, okay, it's another piece from somewhere else, just getting people to go in, all in on the climate emergency. You're always asking, okay, why is that? Oh, we just, I mean, you personalized it with Ramadan Dabber. <laughs> all right, the news update straight ahead for Ramadan. All right, then. the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer. Scott Robbins. Okay, Georgia made it illegal to give people water. Yeah, Who's still on that? We're back to that now. Georgia's voting laws got attacked again, even though, well, it turns out the changes were overwhelmingly popular in the state. Didn't you know, they have a record number of black Americans vote? Well, and, and I think it was the University of Georgia doing a poll after the midterm elections. Zero percent of African-American respondents reported having trouble voting. Okay. Well. But for white liberals and those like yeah. Kamala Harris, I guess, well, yeah. we got to keep, yeah. you know, well, pounding that drum. Yeah, yeah. you got to keep, yeah, right, you've, you've, the narrative so far down the road, you have to stay with it. You can't right. turn back now. Well, dude, it it's so disrespectful. No, it's, it's a. Look, you're too dumb to know you're being discriminated against. We got to point it out for you. Yeah. Uh, and it's a blatant lie. Well, it's a well now blatant lie. the narrative has shifted just a little bit. Vice President Kamala Harris trotted out the attacks, but said they're actually going after young voters. Oh, 
Okay, roll it. Let's also understand back to 2020. One of the highest rates of young people voting. Well, that scared a lot of people. And so you saw almost immediately thereafter laws being proposed and passed, like the one in Georgia, that makes it against the law to give somebody food and water if they are standing in line to vote. The hypocrisy abounds because, you know, by the way, what happened to love thy neighbor? <laughs> what? Yeah. Right? Make sense of Christianity there for you. Because Kamala knows the good book. <laughs> okay. Right, so on, is... on, on this part, you know. The one in Georgia that makes it against the law to give somebody food and water if they are standing in line to vote. Okay. Uh, refresh me, David. What's the law on that again? Uh, it's actually within a certain number of feet of a polling location. Uh, they have banned that because there were there was documented evidence of mm -hmm. people electioneering while people were in line, which is illegal. That's one Correct. of the reasons why, no matter where you're voting, there is uh, you know there there's like the heavy concentration of candidate or proposition support or against whatever signs that are all like in one spot. Because you can't mm -hmm. put them within a certain distance of where people are actually voting. Right. And also, how many people are starving to death waiting to vote? You know, here's the, the thing. thing. You can't eat yeah. ahead of time. Yeah. No, no. And, and how many times, how many times in your life have you stood in long freaking lines? Nobody's ever offered me a hot dog or some water while I'm standing in those lines waiting to check out, buy concert tickets, go into a store, whatever the case. Well, let's just keep it to voting. Because I've stood in long but, lines dude, for voting, and I, you mean you, you mean you never stood there when it was like a forty-five minute wait? I mean, I just stand there and go, "Where's my food?" Well, I'm starving. I'm hungry. I have a distended belly, and I'm <laughs> swatting flies away from my face. It's yeah. so ridiculous. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. Did you hear my stomach food growling? Food or water? Yeah, I mean, it's just. I mean, people fought. For my right to vote right now, they stormed right. the beaches at Normandy, and I got a little hunger pang here. You hear my stomach growling? I need some foodies. It's not that what they, the heck is that? It's not that they don't like water; they just don't know what to do. They want to bring their own, <laughs> but they don't know how. We, they, social workers need to go into their homes and show them how to fill up little water containers and bring with them. You're quoting Joe Biden. Right yeah, they now. don't. They don't know what to do. Yeah. It's like when you got to bring social workers into the home to help them parent. They don't know what they're they doing. They don't know what to do. You know, they didn't know to plan ahead to eat a sandwich or something. They need. They they want to fill the water bottle, but they don't know what to do. <laughs> it's so nonsense. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Oh my goodness. <sighs> they did. They act like you were going to have to crawl. You know, yeah. six miles under barbed wire, right. hot pavement, yeah. without food or drink. It Nourishment. Well, everybody knows you're not allowed to eat 72 hours ahead of voting. You know, it's it's like a, it's kind of like a colonoscopy or, right, or a yeah, blood draw. Exactly, exactly. You need to vote in a fasted state, but you can eat once you're in line. Okay. Yes. Yes. But you need someone to bring it to you. Yeah. That's right. And if those Democratic operatives can't do that, people will starve. Wow. Okay. They don't know how to make a sandwich. <laughs> 
Okay, now I got to hear the actual original clip okay, right. of Biden actually saying that nonsense because yeah. that was during a debate. Yes, we it was. Had this several times of him. It's a class. Social workers into homes and parents to help them deal with how to raise their children. It's not that they don't want to help. They don't want. They don't know quite what to do. They didn't know they were supposed to pack a lunch before That's they right, left. Right. Well, I guess usually you don't. They give it to you at school. Two slices of bread. They don't know what to do. It put stuff on. David, you wanted me to get to the Marin Morris story? Uh, sure. This interests you a little, didn't it? Well, a little bit. I don't know much about Marin Morris. I think at one time were you a fan? Uh, she has a song I really like. It was her first hit. I was in okay. country radio when that when it came out. Okay. Um, my church. Mm-hmm. I think. Well, no, no, I wasn't in country radio at that point. That was, that was a few years later. But I, I really like that song anyway. But, you know, she's like this ultra-lib now and is uh, very upset about Trump, even though he hasn't been in office in three years. Marin Morris says she's walking away from country music. Yeah. Because she just thinks part of it's toxic. She did a big interview. The L.A. Times is a sad story, Scott. Said, you know, songs like Try That in a Small Town yeah. have turned her off of country. People are streaming these songs out of spite. It's not out of true joy or love of the music. She can read people's minds. I was just going to say, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. It's something. People don't read. They listen to it out of spite. I just don't want to be a part of that anymore. There is a new hyper-masculine branch of country music. New? (laughs) Have you listened to country? And I I know you mean hyper-masculine as something really negative, but there's a lot of masculinity in country music there has been for a long time. I mean, Merle Haggard, you're running down my country, you're walking on the the fighting side of me. I mean... Yes. Yeah. I mean, Waylon, Willie, George George Jones, come on. But this, this new stuff, you know, try that in a small town, it's just too much for me. So I, I think I just need to leave. Said there's been moments I've wanted to burn country music to the ground and start over, but I think it's burning itself down. <laughs> the go, yeah. No, I mean, know, somebody keeping you from doing it. How is it? Get out. How is it burning itself to the ground? It's the number one radio format in America. Well, she's going all Dixie chicks on it. Well, yeah, yeah. pretty much. I mean, that's basically what it is. It worked out well did. for them. Well, and I think part of it was when she had the dust up with all Dean's wife. That was a while back. She was on the losing end of that. I mean, the fans were out there saying, screw Marin Morris, who cares? You know, so now it's just, I, I need to leave this. It's just so toxic. Good, go. Well, then leave. Yeah, absolutely. All right. That part of the show. Got to move on. Get to uh, something you might have seen out there. Not the biggest story of the day, but caught your attention. What's your story today, David? Bane. You know Nicole Wallace on MSNBC, Ugh. just yes. constantly having a nervous breakdown every single day. The long Trump, sad face. Yeah, Trump broke her in a big way, and I, you know, normally I wouldn't bring something like this up, but I just think it's really funny okay. because she had an absolute emotional breakdown on national television again, talking about Trump's legal troubles and the backlash against those legal troubles. Okay. I'll roll it. I haven't heard this. Have you heard it? No. People say privately all the time and not on TV all very often. Something really bad is going to happen. Okay. 
about to hit the fan in this country. Fox News had to veer away from a lunatic spewing hatred and death threats for Democratic officials in New York because of the migrant yeah. caucus. Everyone is on, uh, I don't even know the word. Everyone is knows that we're walking into something hideous and no one will do anything. Yeah. I refuse to believe that nothing can be done. These are people getting their information in part because of the vacuum being created by people with, I don't even know if we call it a spine anymore. That might be an insult to spines. Hold on a second. Yep. This person that spews propaganda every day mm -hmm. is afraid of what's going to happen in our country. Yeah. Like what? Massive illegal immigration, the summer of love, 2020, burning down cities. What's she afraid of? But there are still people out there with followings. He can go out and, and here's, here's the, what I want to ask you. When something happens, what do you want to be able to tell your kids and grandkids? Oh, you here did? Go. You're good with nothing? You're good with, I didn't do anything because I didn't think anyone would listen to me. Trump tweeted something mean about me someday because you did something. I tried to do something. Where are all of the Republicans who still have little slivers of a following in the cesspool that is the MAGA base? Part. Part of the funny thing with, with, with this is her saying, I tried to do something, and she's talking to Charlie Sykes, a former conservative uh, radio host who's now a uh, loser. I guess he's, he does the bulwark thing, the bitter never Trump thing. He's a Democrat okay. now. And again, they're talking heads acting like they're part of the action that they tried to do something <laughs> and this happens a lot especially if you're in washington a long time and you're on you're in media you know politicians use you and you think you're actually buddies you're not actually buddies they're using you because you're useful absolutely that's it it's a classic case of the towel boy thinking he's the starting quarterback yeah it's like joe scarborough yeah he's been living that out for years I think they've also seen the polling, and it's time to gin up the, the crazy fear as much as possible. You're start probably to do right that about now. that. You've got to start telling people, you're walking into hell if this happens. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's going to be the end of the world. You know how it was. People are going to have to leave the country. Yeah, they're going to have to leave the country. This right. country won't be livable anymore. Of course. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, that might be some of it, too. Who knows? These What's guys. your story today, Scott? Well, uh, <laughs> the Marines need our help right now. They lost a stealth fighter. What? Let me repeat that. They That's lost a stealth fighter. Genuine concern now. The autopilot might have been on, meaning that uh, the $80 million fighter jet might be cruising over South Carolina or somewhere else with no pilot. Pilot bailed out. So whoever runs the uh, social media for the Joint Base Charleston took to Twitter to ask for help. Quote, we're working with uh, Buford, South Carolina, to locate an F-35 that was involved in a mishap this afternoon. The pilot ejected safely. If you have any information that may help our recovery teams locate the F-35, please call the Base Defense Operations Center at 843-963-3600. Yeah. Mishaps? They're, they've only just begun, I think. They're, wow. They're, they're uh, crowdsourcing, trying to find an F-35. An F-35 that's gone. Yeah, like an $80 million aircraft. You think they for $80 million, it. they could have put an Apple tag on it. No kidding. Like, I can <laughs> open up my phone right now, and I can tell you exactly yeah, where my truck right, is. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, but apparently, I mean, in fairness, it is a stealth jet, right? So, you know. 
the I, most advanced fighter jet in the world, an F-35, called a mishap. Oops, yeah. wow. we don't know. Well, I don't I, know what happened. I would also just say, though, if I'm some dude in South Carolina and I find a piece of that jet on my air, on my property or the whole mm -hmm. thing, mm -hmm. I kind of want to tell the government, screw you, finders, keepers, losers. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to dig around in here. Yeah. <laughs> Or you, maybe you see, like, the Chinese balloon towing it right. above, above where you are. Like, <laughs> uh, For my story today, I'll make it quick. We can, I mean, dive into more of it later if you wish. I just saw this headline from the Wall Street Journal saying, couples embrace the least romantic date ever, the money date. And it's talking about discussing finances over a nice dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah. See, you already hate it, David. I can tell. Yeah, I don't like it because I'm, I, I'd be looking at the menu and looking at our budget <laughs> right, and going, right, right. <laughs> they're trying to charge me $65 for a steak. Yep. We're going to McDonald's. Says to set the mood for pouring over budgets and savings goals, Tierra Bates and her husband Gregory get dressed to the nines and head to dinner at a fancy steakhouse. So they're saying this is a great idea. And I'm thinking, no. Because there's a good chance you're going to have a disagreement on how you're going to spend certain money. Do you want to do that to spoil the dinner? Some role-playing thing. Well, the other part is someone else, a financial coach out of Cincinnati, suggested, you know, have the money date in your sexy clothes or just go ahead and have that conversation naked. And all I'm thinking is that may save some of the fighting over finances. You know what I mean? Yeah. Tell me again how I was over budget, Daddy. <laughs> oh, oh, gee. Yeah, the next day you're still mad about the finances, right. but at least you didn't fight about it at the right, time. Exactly. Right? All right, news update straight up. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Thank you for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So CNN is saying that scholars warn the Constitution is putting democracy at risk. Yeah, that was an actual <laughs> headline on Jim Acosta's show over the weekend on CNN. Jim Acosta, he's still around, still gainfully employed. Yeah, the, the headline was, uh, scholars warn outdated Constitution has put democracy at risk. Okay, the Constitution outdated. in the United States is kind of the whole ballgame. All right? Yep. Is he talking about something in particular? Well, it's it's the tyranny of the minority. There are too many checks and balances. No, well, <laughs> oh God, too many, huh? Yeah, I would argue there should be fifty more. Yeah, but I think anyway, there ought yeah, to be more. Yeah. What is he getting at? I no, don't the, understand. The whole thing is is basically saying, why don't we let raw populism rule the United States? So, like, the Electoral College, get rid of the Electoral College. Uh, maybe states like California should get more senators than two. Man, you get that ball rolling, it's going to start going in the wrong uh, direction of what you think. Well, well, yeah. Yeah. Jim. <laughs> wow. The cluelessness, man. Uh, absolutely. Of how the real world works is amazing to me sometimes. And do you want to get this out of the way, David? about the cats or should we wait well there there is fresh research that is suggesting that a vegan diet could be healthy for your cats leave my cats alone Just yeah no except alone. actually the research doesn't say it the differences between a vegan and a meat-eating cat were not statistically significant
Well, the full court press is still on. Yeah, of course, got to get rid be. of the meat, even for the cat. Right. They're coming yeah. for your cats. They better not be. Leave them alone. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, I'll tell you why I was laughing in a second. Something I just saw on the news monitor. Uh, before we get there, I want to get to uh, the interview that Trump did over the weekend with Kristen Welker from NBC, who took the place of Sleepy Eye Chuck Todd. Yes. Well, he was asked about abortion restrictions from the federal level and what he would support in terms of a ban, like 15 weeks, six weeks. Where Where do you stand on this is what he was asked and um well here's how part of that conversation went okay because yeah you hear more and more that democrats are really going to try to use this issue in yeah. the 2024 election okay i think they'll i think this. they're all going to like me i think both sides are going to like me let, let me what, but what's let going Mr. President, to have to happen is you're going to have to this question Kristen, please. you're asking me a question what's going to happen <laughs> is you're going to come up with a number of weeks or months you're going to come up with a number that's going to make people happy because 92 percent of the democrats don't want to see abortion after a certain period of time if a federal ban landed on your desk if you were re-elected would you sign it at 15 are you talking about a complete ban a ban at 15 weeks well people people are starting to think of 15 weeks that seems to be a number that people are talking about right now would you sign that uh, uh, i would i would sit down with both sides and i'd negotiate something and we'll end up with peace in that issue for the first time in 52 years uh, i'm not going to say i would or i wouldn't i mean DeSantis is willing to sign a five-week and six-week ban would you support that you think that i, I think what he far? did is a terrible thing and a terrible mistake i know that that ruffled a lot of people's feathers and i get it I mean, if that yeah. is if that's like your single voting issue, mm -hmm. then I understand that because the heartbeat bill is a huge win for pro-life people. I mean, it's it's been passed in what Florida. Yep. You've got a version of that in Texas. You've got mm -hmm. Iowa. I mean, there are a lot of people who are really excited about that victory. And the only reason they were able to achieve it is because Donald Trump was president. Yes. And and so. There are people, and I get it if you feel betrayed by this. To me, it's another example of an issue that Donald Trump probably hasn't spent a ton of time in his life thinking about. No, it and, used to be just whatever, you know, the public was all about because it used to be very much pro-abortion. Yeah. And then when he's running for president as a Republican, it that part changed. And, yeah, he did a lot of good things. Well, how do you, how do you have a wishy-washy answer on this? I mean, you know this question's coming. You got to know. Yes, I think. Okay. I mean, what's the squish the squishy answer? Because he's already running for president. He's not thinking about the Republican primary. He's thinking beyond, yeah. and he's not going to get boxed in now by what he says oh. during the campaign. You know, come a year from now. That's my gut. Now, as far as the pro life movement being very upset, yeah, totally understand it. But even to sort of have this notion that 
the pro-life movement in general is happy just with the heartbeat bill, that's not accurate either. Mm -hmm. It's just not. And then you have this back and forth with the Republican Party, and you have some people that are saying, hey, listen, you guys, you pro-lifers going for, you know, abortion illegal, that's not a winner politically. And people are like, that's my one issue, and I believe strongly in it. And I totally understand that. But there's been a lot of pushback as far as Republican losses over the last couple of years, um, especially uh, long-term Republicans have said, you know, this issue is killing us. This single issue, this is one of the reasons we lost a lot more than we thought we were going to lose in 2022. So you have that back and forth. Um, The 15-week thing, where he wouldn't quite commit to that, I think he's just trying not to get boxed in. That one seems easier to commit to if you are Trump. That's one that if you are really trying to seek a consensus among all Americans, post-15 weeks is kind of where people get really squishy. Dude, we've talked about it for 10 years. I've always said that. Yeah. If you're saying, when is the, from the left's, you know, vocabulary, the clump of cells, a baby, a human. A lot of people, you know, would say, well, yeah, heartbeat. Well, certainly, I mean, you go to the ultrasound, you see the baby. I mean, my goodness. Mm -hmm. But the Republicans, I mean, the way you got to frame that issue is, okay, Democrat, you want, you know, (laughs) women's health care or killing the baby. When is that okay? When does that baby get rights? Is it at seven months? Oh, it's before that. Is it at five months? Well, they, they, they'll, never, they'll never answer that you question. You keep forcing that. You no. have to keep forcing no, I, that politically. I, I, I agree with you. I think that is the tactic to take. I really do. Yeah, take my own personal feelings out of it. Yeah. Politically, yeah. But what's it's, acceptable? When is it not acceptable? At what point is it not acceptable? Well, and when you have just regular conversations with people. Yeah. And I'm talking about pro-choice people. Yeah. Many times they will say. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, once you get past heartbeat and you're talking about, you know, once you're past like three months, yet you shouldn't be getting an abortion. Right. And they lie about it. They say, well, oh, nobody's, they nobody's proposing that. No one's they absolutely are. Well, of course they are. Absolutely. They're on record. Totally agree. Okay. Yeah, there'll be a whole lot more talk about that. You know. I, I got a couple of clips to play uh, from 60 Minutes. Because I'm watching what's going on, we all are, with immigration, illegal immigration in the United States. It's a massive issue, right? You're seeing it in the big cities. And, I mean, Eagle Pass, Texas. I mean, today. Thousands of people still coming through. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got, like, massive illegal immigration little cities that are popping up in different places in the United States. I mean, it's really nuts. 60 Minutes season debut last night. Going to focus on that, some of the issues here? No, no, no. No, we got these right-wingers in Israel. Man, and they don't like people protesting. We're going to do a whole piece on that. And then, of course, we got to have Scott Pelley interview Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky. Well, of course. Okay. And just to play you a couple of clips from this, because I just want to get your reaction, because I know neither one of you guys watched this. All right. And basically, I watched it for the show. I wouldn't do it if I didn't have to do this. 
But just roll this and hear what you We're defending the values of the whole world, Zelensky said. And these are Ukrainian people who are paying the highest price. We are truly fighting for our freedom. We are dying. We're not fiction. We're not a book. We're fighting for real with a nuclear state that threatens to destroy the world. Okay. Got it, right? And so very much as I'm watching this, yeah, it'd be horrible to be there. It's not that you don't have a heart for people. I think the question has been in the United States, how much support do we give? And when we do give support, it's too much to ask. Hey, where are the weapons at? How are they being used? We can't track it. We got billions of dollars going in here. But yes, it's very much you're going to play into the emotions of people just watching this that of course no one wants to see a country go through war being invaded and everything else okay so you get through that and then you get to the whole next piece and you remember what Zelensky just said there at the tail end of that you remember talking about a country threatening a nuclear, nuclear war nuclear yeah. war yeah I mean obviously that's a big thing right mm-hmm. okay go to the next question The Russians have suffered grievous losses without resorting to nuclear weapons. And I wonder if you believe that the threat of nuclear war is now behind us. What? You really wonder that, Scott Pelley? No, I, who wonders that? No one wonders that. He already said it. But who does? You're just playing this that's to just, play it up. That's a dumb, Do you think yeah. the threat is over? Yeah, right. So I'll, go ahead and yeah, answer it's completely it so over. we can scare yeah, right. the crap out of the Americans right. well, to yeah. be on the side of us giving you unlimited money for unlimited time. Jeez. Because we're a freaking propaganda piece. That's, that's what we do here at 60 Minutes. Dumb question. So go ahead. I wonder... No, you don't, you liar. Without resorting to nuclear weapons. I wonder. And I wonder if you believe that the threat of nuclear war is now behind us. Uh, I think he's going to continue threatening. Really? He's waiting for the United States to become less stable. He thinks that's going to happen during the U.S. election. He'll be looking for instability in Europe and the United States of America. He will use the risk of using nuclear weapons to fuel that instability. He will keep on threatening. Oh, and this to me, this is where it really gets rich, okay? Because all I can think about the millions of people that have come through the country in the United States, we don't know who they are. And you hear more and more, no, we got terrorists in the country, mm-hmm. and that's going to come home to roost at some point. We got massive problems. Ah, don't worry about that. We got to talk about Ukraine here. That U.S. election he mentioned worries him. His negotiations with President Biden have been contentious at times, but Zelensky tends to get what he asks for. Really? Even if, in Zelensky's opinion, it's generally six months too late. This week, Zelensky will press Mr. Biden for missiles with longer range. Congress is debating another $24 billion package. There you go. Of course. And of course it is, you know, we're going to try to save the world because if we don't stop it here, it goes on and on and on. And then you got another Hitler. That's the way they're kind of throwing that out there. Got it? Wow. Yeah, man. I got it. Yeah, I got it. So what do you think after hearing that? 
Well, I mean, you you got the nice little warning about the 2024 election. Sure. Yep. Which is rich coming from a guy who did get what he wanted from Donald Trump. I know. But the other po- the other point of this to me is this. But Zelensky tends to get what he asks for. Yes. You know how much the Ukrainians have on Biden? Are you kidding me? Think about all the bank deals that we know of with Hunter and Burisma and everything else. And what? You're a conspiracy theorist to think that maybe Ukraine has Biden over a barrel? Look, man, he threw out the contentious part out there because there's no contentious part. Uh, no. He just said it. So it appeases the people that are going, well, see, uh, uh, Joe's, exactly. Joe's not just handing things over to him. Crazy. I mean, that's such. I mean, it's all smoke and mirrors. It, it all is. All right, David, I got to ask you, you had a story about a shark and a surfer. This sounded crazy, man. Dude, yeah. A surfer named Mark Somerset was bitten on the face by Whoa. a shark while he was surfing in the Daytona Beach area. And he lived to talk about it. And the Today Show did a did a piece on him. And I think this is what the Today Show should stick to. Because, you know, <laughs> politics and climate change are really not their thing. I agree. He never saw the shark coming. I felt this pressure on my face. It felt like a bear trap. I think he just ripped down a little bit. Five, sharks have five rows of teeth, so... He, he tore me up pretty bad. Somerset told us he spotted around 10 the day before. I spoke to my girlfriend and I was like, it's crazy, all these sharks here, something's, something's going on. Like, I don't know if it was intuition or something, but I felt oh. like I was gonna get bit. Still, Somerset acknowledges he's entering the shark's environment and has a hunch what triggered the confrontation, his gold chain. Look at Robin. It thought I was a fish, the scales on the fish. And he grabbed my face because of that. I believe I'm almost 100% certain of that. As for whether he'll get back on the surfboard again, the 38-year-old says that's a no-brainer. Yes. If I die surfing, I die happy. Well, you're going to die surfing. He's a gamer. Fine. Go ahead. Go ahead. He's just looking for I told my girlfriend there's 10 of them out there, but I went in anyway. Damn shark aren't going to scare me. He's a gamer, Scott. I don't think you could relate. There's a fine line between gamer and complete idiot. He's, he's right there. He is a competitor, Scott. He's not going to tell me what to do. He's not going to fold when you fold, buddy. Well, at least he'll match if they eat the other side of his face. Which <laughs> more to get to? Okay. Van Camp's got a clip of Jin Sock. He can't wait. Straight ahead. Just absolute insanity. All over the place. Yeah. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Holy cow. All right. <laughs> what we're talking about, <laughs> and we'll get to it a little bit later. Yeah. The Lauren Boebert thing. Oh, gosh. At the play. And, oh, okay, what a disaster that is. Yeah. And then you got out of Virginia running for uh, state rep. Is this woman and her husband? Getting money to have sex on camera, do all sorts of these crazy yeah, some only things. fans thing, yeah, sort of like that. It's called something else. I don't even want to mention the name of it. Mm-hmm. He's offering to whiz on camera. It's insane. Yeah. Well, yeah, you got to do it anyway. Might as well get paid for it. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna pretend you didn't say no. That. See my logic. My logic does hit the wall at some point. I don't point, think yeah. it's just her sitting on the toilet is what they're after, Scott. <laughs> <and> sick goes. <laughs> anyway. 
<laughs> Dave had some audio of Jen Psaki. Oh, gosh. Yeah, um, Jen Psaki, who was Biden's press secretary, is now an anchor on MSNBC. And yeah. she wants you to know that Hunter Biden's legal troubles, uh, this whole thing is really the story about a president's love for his son. Are you joking oh, me? Here yeah. we go Freaking again. Joking? Come on. Okay. Come on, man. Millions of Americans have dealt with family members who have dealt with drug addiction, who've dealt with alcohol addiction, who have dealt with a range of addiction. My bet is right now this is a heartbroken president in the White House um, who is worried about his it son. Is. And we're all watching to see kind of what happens with this. Okay. Mm-hmm. To that. What the Part of what you said was true. Millions have dealt with that. However, the millions of parents, you know what they don't say? My son's done nothing wrong. Right. He's only done good things. And then you know what I thought would be a great idea? How about, let's see, over here, yes, Ukraine, the most corrupt country in the world. I'm going to put him on the board of an energy company where they're asking for favors because he is, I mean... His moral quality is so in check right now, we can trust him in that. Yeah. You're putting him in there with sharks. Oh. That's a love of a father to a son? That's a freaking joke. Uh, I would also say, I mean, like, I've got three family members who have struggled mightily with substance abuse issues. And you know what happened to all of them? What? They've all gone to jail for committing yeah. crimes. Yeah. You either get clean, you go to jail, or you die. That's or you usually die. Right. the three outcomes. Right, that's it. They're not selling paintings for 500 grand a piece right now. Good point. I saw one of their paintings that was pretty good. <laughs> Just joking. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. Okay, biggest story of the day today, David. <laughs> for the record, one of them is actually a pretty good tattoo artist now. All right. There you go. You were thinking about a tat not long ago, Scott. I was. Yeah, maybe I'll go to... <laughs> After making fun of me for years for David's the tattoos. formerly drug-addled relative. I mean, I, if, you, if you don't mind getting the tattoo with, like, I don't know, like a, like a paper clip dipped in ballpoint pen ink. Oh, okay. Stabbed multiple times. Then yeah. he does great work. Right. Not exactly the most sterile environment is what you're telling me. Okay. He's, he's locked up in Huntsville. I'll, I'll give you his number. Oh, all right. Oh, I thought it was a, like, feel-good story that he... No. Yeah, Okay. Mm. Well, maybe we know that other guy that does tattoos, Scott. <laughs> oh, some great audio from Trump straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp and Millennial, the sexy boomer. Scott Robin. So Donald Trump does an interview with Kristen Welker yeah. uh, from NBC. She's the new Chuck Todd. Mm-hmm. Just as hacky, it seems. Yeah. She's the new Chuck Todd. Well, she took his place. I know. Just one after another, just cloned in a machine. Pretty much. If you're hoping for anything different, uh, you're not going to get it. So, No, if anything, it seemed like she was more interruptive because yeah. there's more pressure on her oh, yeah. this first sort of interview because if she fails at this, the knives would be out. Well, well, she's got to kni- make that big impression right away. She didn't have any time. You can't hold back on this. Yeah, the, the knives are already out, though. I mean, a lot of libs were pissed that they even interviewed Donald Trump or Meet the Press. Yeah, that's true. She sold her soul. Yeah. Apparently the rules are... He's the leading candidate to be president. These people are unreal. On CNN, I understand the same thing happened. It was the town hall. They gave him a voice. Have you seen the polls? 
They're leading your boy that can't put a sentence together. Trump is beating him in a lot of polls right now, and and the crazy left can't figure it out. And then again, they'll go in 2024 and say, you know, we got to get out of our bubble. We just don't understand this. (laughs) It's insane. But anyway, he was talking about Obama. Yeah, this isn't from the Meet the Press interview. This is from an event, uh, a conference for the Family Research Council. And he sort of rambled, and I... I think um, there are some of his rivals, notably the DeSantis campaign, that are kind of playing dumb as to what he means here. Okay. All right, roll it. As you know, crooked Joe Biden and the radical left thugs who have weaponized law enforcement to arrest their leading political opponent, and leading by a lot, including Obama. I'll tell you what, you take a look at Obama and take a look at some of the things that he's done. This is the same thing. The country is very divided. And we did with Obama. We won an election that everyone said couldn't be won. We beat Hillary Clinton. Now, you know, I used to I used to call her crooked Hillary. Okay, so what's the DeSantis campaign doing with that? Well, it's basically saying, oh, he thinks that he bought or that he beat Obama in an election. And granted, I mean, Donald Trump sometimes takes the scenic route to a point. No doubt. But I mean, I think if you really think back at the history, he's talking about the whole Russia hoax, which started under Obama. And very famously, Donald Trump said, Obama spied on my campaign. And a lot of people were like, oh, that's crazy. And then it comes out that it was true. Obama did spy on his campaign. Tell me, this is the way I remember it. So correct me if this was wrong. Did he use the term wiretap? Yeah. That wasn't quite correct, but you understood what he was talking about. And he was right. Because at the time... I mean, there were some of us going, he wiretapped. Really? Like, did that really happen? And then when we actually got the proof, we were like, oh, my gosh, that really happened. Right. That happened to a ton of people across yeah. the country. So you're like, okay, was he confused on something? There was a little disjointed sounding. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, a little, little Biden-y. Well, hold on, man. I, I said a little. I didn't say a lot. I, but the whole running against, it sounded like he said he was running against Obama. Yeah, well. Yeah, Joe Scarborough on on MSNBC said, like, oh, well, obviously he's going senile. And I'm like, dude, okay, you want to stack up Trump's statements versus Joe Biden's statements? Let's play that game, all right? The the Democrats pounce, David. Well, as soon as, you know, Trump's looking for a a dead person in the room, let me know. (laughs) (laughs) The bar's pretty high, isn't it? He did. Yeah. Yeah, but one time he called Tim Cook Tim Apple. Okay. It's like a top ten favorite Trump moment for me personally. Yeah. That was that was certainly <laughs> That's a good yeah. one. But he didn't ask where Jobs was. No. No. Where no. Hey, where is he? Where are you? Hey, where's Jackie? Are you here? Where's Jackie? Where's Jackie? Where? She's deceased. That's part of the reason you're standing here right now. Mm-hmm. You're paying tribute. Boy, how holy cow. Yeah. Okay, so as far as, you know, different political stories uh, that make a little bit of news, there's one involving a rep. Yeah. (laughs) I'll let you take it from there, David. Well, conservative firebrand out of Colorado, Lauren Boebert. Yes. We knew the story or we'd heard the story that she had been, what, kicked out of a musical production of Beetlejuice. Yeah. For disturbing other guests and vaping in the theater. And And originally, after she got booted, the apology wasn't so much of an apology. Yeah. 
Like, yeah, shouldn't have vaped or whatever, but kind of get over yourself. Mm -hmm. And I'm paraphrasing. Well, then uh, somebody got their hands on the uh, internal CCTV footage of the uh, uh, of said incident. But so somebody has their hands on something else, apparently. Yeah, it's it's grainy black and white, like night vision footage. Mm-hmm. But you can clearly see she and her gentleman caller are sitting at the aisle, and he is to her right, so he's on the aisle, and she's directly to his left. And um, he's getting quite a handful of the uh, of her breasts. He was Al Franken. It? He was. He was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. He was. But ins- she wasn't complaining. No, no, she was not. She was uh, rubbing his crotch. Mm. Yeah. See, that's... while that was going on. Oh boy. That, uh, you know, euphemistically, you could say they were both checking the produce. Um, yes. A okay. little bit more than just being disruptive. I mean, that was full on like a heavy petting session. All right. You know, David, you've said before, sometimes when we're talking about politicians, they're just bad people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I take a step back and you know what? I don't want to believe that, but sometimes it's convincing. And I'm like, what are you doing, Bobert? Really? Yeah. You know, you're a public figure. What are you getting liquored up? Because she was drunk, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. So you're all hammered and vaping and making a scene during this play. Mm-hmm. juice play or whatever. People are like, hey, keep it down. It's a play. Hey, shut up. You got him bouncing around, and he's getting a handful, and she's giving him the through the jeans action. And golly, what's wrong with you? Yeah, I don't know. And it was the apology that was so bad. Well, yeah, she has anxiety because she's going through a divorce right now. Okay, understandable. Uh, right. I mean, there are a lot of people who go through divorces, and they don't act like 16-year-olds in the back of a movie theater. Right. You know. But it's this going through a divorce in public is very hard. I would guess that's probably true. That doesn't mean you bust out the sweater puppies in the theater and start rubbing the guy down. No, it was bad. It's just a bad excuse. Just, you know what? I got liquored up. That was a terrible mistake. I got a promise to never do this again. And no other disqualifier. And you're drawing attention to yourself by singing out loud the songs oh, that they're singing. Yeah. I mean, you think you try to... Not draw attention to yourself if you're going to pull those shenanigans. Yeah, you know, <laughs> among other things. Among other things, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah, and I, I did kind of laugh though over the weekend seeing a bunch of Democrats going after yeah, her for that. Funny. I'm like, yeah. hold on a second. Five minutes ago, you were just defending a Democrat in Virginia who was making PP tapes for money. All right, and that's just it, man. So. Well, at least for you know the people that I'm talking to about the Bobert thing, they're like, that's terrible. What are you doing? And at the same time, this Virginia story of this woman and her husband, I mean, that's beyond. And the hypocrisy, the way the media treats these two stories, tells you everything you need to know. Uh, The only thing I would be worried about morality points from the people on the left. Just knock it off. Oh, yeah. Because, well, the... The couple in question here, yeah, they don't even have booze as an excuse. No, no. It's just, hey, give us extra money. We'll do whatever sex act you want on camera. Well. They got a couple of kids. And then it's, oh, someone leaked it. Leaked right. it. No, you're streaming it for money, yeah. you sickos. Yeah, someone called it revenge porn. I saw a news outlet that said that. No, it's not. What? Why Why would it be called revenge it's porn? It's not. Yeah, revenge porn is usually like you shared intimate photos with a significant other, the, the relationship yeah. falls apart, and then this person posts it online. 
No, you were doing it for money. Yeah. There's no revenge involved here. Yeah, and her talking about these other dudes and my yeah. husband was the third guy that yeah. day. Good night. Mm-hmm. And she is, what is she, a nurse or something? Something like that, yeah. Former, Works in the medical field. Nurse and the no. dude's a lawyer. Former lawyer, yeah. You want that guy to be your lawyer? Yeah, no. You want her to be your nurse? Don't answer no, this, Scott. No, I don't. I've had many nurses in my life. No way. Anyway. I'm in no position for that sort of behavior. I'm here because I got a medical issue. Unbelievable. And then the people, and and the political writers, you know, she's a very attractive woman. They're right. All I know is the photos from the different stories that have been out there. Ben, you can tell the crazy guy. Oh, yeah. Most dudes can see the crazy guy. Do you notice the crazy eye on uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Does Bobert have the crazy eye? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I thought so, too. But now that, I don't think that would have stopped David if he was a single guy at least a month ago. Well, I mean, listen, man. I mean, I I come from trailer trash stock, you know? I mean, I it would just kind of be like, <laughs> it would be like going home for me. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna, I'm not gonna. We're, I'm not gonna tell you all the circumstances, but a very close friend of mine <laughs> said to me a long time ago, and you can apply this to different things, but it was. And he was talking about his lady at the time. Right. If you're gonna roll with a chick like that, you just got to know this is gonna come with the territory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you see it play out in different parts uh-huh. of life sometimes. Yeah, we've got a date. We're going to see Susicle. but we're going to get really hammered first well of course and then go it's no wonder we have all these people that are politicians like the worst in america yeah you know what i mean because would you want to get into the that field no if everything's going well you run a business no good values everything else you put yourself into that world no oh my goodness okay moving on i all right i gotta hear this audio because I haven't heard it, but maybe this is going to be enlightening, and maybe this is going to be uh, a part of a segment that's going to be great as far as educational purposes. Because as a white person, maybe it's true that I am incapable of understanding how great Kamala Harris is. Yeah, And maybe you're in that boat too, Scott. No, I'm not. So this was on MSNBC. Vice President Kamala Harris was the topic of conversation. Now, Kamala Harris is a historically disliked vice president. And as a candidate, when she was running in 2019, nobody liked her. That's why she never even made it to the first round of caucuses and then primaries. Yes. Apparently, though, the reason that she is so disliked is because there are too many white dudes writing about her. This is from MSNBC, Jonathan Capehart, talking with a woman named Erin Haynes. (laughs) <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. Are you ready? Here we go. Are they doing it not because they think she's incompetent, but because they know her potential and they're afraid of her? Well, you know, I think, you know, because the vice president is in a historic role, a lot of times you have uh, a, a political uh, press that is frankly white and male and that is used to covering uh, politicians that don't look like Vice President oh, Harris. Gosh. And so. Uh, this is leadership that, that is kind of hard for them to uh, necessarily uh, understand. See, your whiteness makes it impossible for you to understand how great the leadership qualities of Kamala Harris are. 
Got it. Okay. So I was hoping maybe you would learn something there. We didn't learn anything. No. Other than there's just a couple of hacks it's there. Garbage. Yeah. It's got to be. It's got to be her race or her sex. It can't be because she's thoroughly incompetent up and down, and the most one of the most unlikable people in America. Well, it's got nothing to do with it. Winsome Sears. Right. We don't hear much about Winsome Sears. No. No, you tell me right now who would make a better president, Kamala well, Harris or Winsome Sears? Geez. Yeah, if she were eligible, on, Winsome Sears yeah. would yes. would be a, a good pick. Yes. Yes, my goodness. But, you know, well, they, I guess in that world from the left, Winsome Sears isn't really black. No. Right? Because yeah. she has conservative thought. So then that actually changes her skin color. It's like she bleaches herself because of her conservative beliefs. That's right. According to those nuts. Yep. Got it. They're just horrible people. Yep. Jonathan Capehart. Okay. Speaking of race, David, you're telling me Ibram X. Kendi's anti-racism center is collapsing? We will yep. get to that much more coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. The anti-racism center is collapsing, David? Yeah. That e- of Ibram X. Kendi? Yeah, a.k.a. Henry Rogers, who changed his name to try to seem more like an academic and scholar and uh, activist and more credible, yada, yada, yada. Um, now, Abram X. Kendi, Henry Rogers, he's been instrumental in bringing far-left racial grievances into elementary schools and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, Anti-Racist Baby is a children's book that he wrote. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's in a little bit of trouble. He has an anti-racist research center at Boston University. Boston University set it up during the summer of love in 2020. <laughs> Seriously, you had all these institutions in 2020 going, okay, there's rioting. Let's let's just, like, give a bunch of money to some black guy. Yes. Which black guy? Anyone. I don't care. Oh, that's Henry over there. Yeah. No, no, no. He changed his name to Ibram X. Kendi. Right. And okay. he's, got, he's got dreads. Great. Yes. Great. You're the guy. Yeah. Well, now they've fired half of the staff. And a bunch of people are coming out of the woodwork to say they've been, like, exploited or that it's not a good working relationship. What? One, I love this job title, the former assistant director of narrative (laughs) says she was asked to work unreasonable hours. The article that I read didn't go into detail as to what the unreasonable hours were. Okay. But I don't know. I mean, we've been told that keeping a schedule is white supremacy, so maybe... It was like, yeah, you were actually asked to show up before noon, and that yeah. was unreasonable. I don't know. Uh, another person says, Ibram X. Kendi has too much control over the operation. So basically, everything is supposed to revolve around whatever's rattling around in his head. Got it. Because he gets to make the rules. Yeah. Telling me it's failing, are you? Huh? Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, that... That sounds sexist. And it sounds like part of the, well, patriarchy. Sounds like he was just taking a lesson from someone else. Maybe he's still got too much of uh, white thought in his head, and he mm. needs to do the work before yeah. he can come back. And Working all those hours. You've turned him into slaves. Well, you shouldn't have to work all those hours because no. that's white supremacy. That's right. So is math. Yes. We learned that. Yeah. Um, hmm. Boy, it turns out in the end, you're not quite sure even where to start. A lot of problems. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show.
Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, uh, more from Trump's interview with Kirsten Welker from NBC. She took Chuck Todd's place. And I, I did see this clip, David. I thought it was actually pretty funny. Yeah, I, I, I loved this. Uh, remember during that whole January 6th committee stuff, there was uh, an aide who claimed that Trump laid hands on a Secret Service official to try to get him to drive to the Capitol. Yeah, he, like, grabbed the steering wheel or something. Yeah, he grabbed his neck. Right. Uh, like, it was like, oh, we are going to the Capitol. You can't stop me. I'm the bleeping president. Blah. Yes. All right. It seemed pretty ridiculous the way it was laid out, at least. Um, Trump talked about it during his interview on Meet the Press. So I didn't have a dispute with them. You know, you had that one person said, I grabbed the man around the neck. Actually, I wish I was so strong to be able to do that. These are all tough guys, smart guys. You dispute guys. that account. Dispute it? Who wouldn't dispute it? Just, <laughs> they... So you dispute that account? Well, yes! Dispute it? Who wouldn't dispute it? She's the craziest account I've ever heard. You mean that I was in The Beast, and she said I was in The Beast, and the Secret Service didn't win. So I took a guy who was like a black belt in karate and grabbed his neck and tried to choke him. What happened? How ridiculous. Just so you understand. <laughs> can't help yourself, can you, Scotty? No, I can't. It just kills you. It's so funny. It is. Who would do that? Right. Uh, I will overtake you and steer yeah. it myself. Yeah. Yes, of course. God. Uh. Here's another clip from over the weekend, different interview. This was uh, Farid Zakaria of CNN. Yeah. He is interviewing General Mark Milley. Oh, I saw this. Oh, you already seen it? I have seen this, yeah. What was your whole takeaway from the entire interview? Ridiculous. How so? He doesn't know what woke is? Yeah, yet that, he, yet yes. he's the one that makes the rules of woke? Yes. What is he talking about? Um... David, I think I you know have a better is. memory. There have been many critics saying the military has gone woke yeah. over the last several well, years. They well, have. And, and yeah. you, don't, you don't need news reports. You need to just know somebody who's in the military right exactly. now. Exactly. You're right. And, I mean, I've had conversations with people uh, about this where, like, one guy was uh, that I know was not planning on retiring when he was immediately eligible to do so. He's doing it now because... You know, a lot of his time now, and this is a guy who served in combat, is instead of training people how to be better soldiers and how to actually survive in a combat zone, yeah, you're teaching about how America is fundamentally racist and everything is getting divided up by class and race and all of this stuff, which is not what the mission initially was for the military. And also, I mean, well... Remember, the Navy had a training video for proper pronoun use. Using the right pronouns is a really simple way to affirm someone's identity. But what would yes. I do if I uh, misgender someone? 
the most important thing I can tell you is do not put the burden of making you feel good about your mistake on the person that you just misgendered. Okay. That is so helpful. Um, yeah. I want to know, what would I do if oh, I real. want to know someone's gender identity or pronouns? The most important thing is do not pressure anybody into giving you their pronouns. Some people may be going through the process of discovery and they are not ready yet to tell you what their pronouns are, and that's okay. <laughs> so, give oh, me your pronouns right now. You will, you will, you will yes. address me by my proper pronouns. Okay, what are they? It's a secret. Yeah. Yeah. How does that make you better at naval warfare? That's a great question. I don't know what woke is, though. No idea. No, that's what Melly says. So I know it's what he here, said. Here's part of that interview. All right, roll it. A little hiccup in the uh, machine here. Yeah, a little. Yeah. All right, roll it. Go. Is, is the U.S. military too woke? No, not at all. Um, so, um, you know, I'm not even sure what that word truly means, but. Um, I well, you just said no, not at all. It's pretty definitive mm. for not yeah. knowing what it means. You don't know what it means, then. Isn't that how you start that? You address the, the question with, I don't even know what that means. I would think so. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I, I would tell you that the military I see uh, is a military that's exceptionally strong. It's powerful. It's ready. In fact, our readiness rates, the way we measure readiness, is better now than they've been in years. Uh, and and what I see on a day-to-day -day basis uh, right yeah, now, I, you're not quite sure the metrics on that. Mm -hmm. You don't even know what they are. No, uh, on freedom's frontier, sort of thing, around the world, maintaining peace and stability. Uh, this is a military that's dedicated to maintaining our oh. readiness, our capabilities, our lethality. Uh, and, and the thing that we also need to focus on is the modernization for the, the future character of war that I see fundamentally changing. But this is military is a lot of things, but woke it's not. Uh, so uh, I take exception to that. I, I think that people say those things for reasons that uh, are their own reasons. But Wait a second. If you're not sure what it is, how can yeah. you be so very definitive? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you one thing. It's not as woke. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> So I should just lead with my pronouns, and they may follow or not. And if they don't, then I can just continue to use gender-neutral language. Yes, exactly. Ah. Oh, not woke. Okay. I don't know where anybody's getting that. You know, again, I don't even know what it means. What, what guys like Millie will do is say, are you insulting the enlisted men and women that make up our armed forces? No. Of course not. I'm criticizing you. And, yes. and military leadership, and if you talk to the rank-and-file folks in the military, they'll criticize you, too, because, as one person described it to me, we're getting training from a bunch of jackasses from academia, people who aren't even in the military. Correct. Yes. So if you need to deal with your white rage, Mr. Milley, who, what he has said in the past, do it somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Okay. Did see this story. Uh, the LGBTQ community in this Michigan town um, has felt betrayed at the Muslim city council voting to remove the pride flags from the city buildings. Mm. Um, this is Hamtramck, Michigan. Have you heard of it? No. I know there's a large Muslim population in Michigan. Yeah, they agreed, the city council did, to not allow pride flags on public property. Uh, this was after, a, so they say, a lively city council meeting this past Tuesday. Uh, Fox 2 in Detroit had reported on this. So residents voiced their feelings of betrayal. 
Now, the council unanimously voted in June to ban pride flags from public flag polls, citing a desire to respect the religious rights of citizens opposed to the symbol. Now, the left would say, well, that's hateful. What? Do they know anything at all about the Muslim religion? Anything? Uh, we've brought this up several times. Uh, apparently, no. I guess they're You need to familiarize yourself with the Muslim religion before you start stomping your feet. Uh, anyway, so apparently you had people uh, saying things, whether well, it's quoted in the story here. Many residents of this tiny enclave just north of downtown Detroit saw these changes as a sign of the town's progressiveness. The Muslim community that had previously experienced discrimination, including voter intimidation and resistance to mosques, public call to prayer, had finally taken its seats at the table. Yet the ethnic, cultural, and religious diversity that made this town something of a model is being put severely to the test. This six-member council blocked the display of pride flags on city property. Action that has angered allies and members of the LGBTQ plus community who feel that the support they provided the immigrant groups has been reciprocated with betrayal. Hmm. How could this be a surprise? Not exactly. Oh, I mean. oh, oh, that's easy because they don't they see their beliefs as unmovable and fixed and you cannot challenge them. But everybody else's beliefs are malleable. That's how they see it. Because at I the end of the right. day, when you're talking about the activist class, that is their religion. And they see it's true. every other religion as false and therefore changeable. And so, hey, we helped you out. You need to abandon your beliefs as well. Yes. Well, and you also wonder... <laughs> that if part of the thought, and I don't know, you can tell me I'm way off on this, maybe not. You know, when we've dealt with, like, Christian city council members, we would just say, that's hateful. Mm -hmm. How could you do that? And they just fold like chairs. We're not used to somebody actually standing up against us. Yeah, right. We did all this for you. You're supposed to follow our rules now. Mm -hmm. It's very Islamophobic, actually. That's what it seems like to me. Great point. Uh, the president of that town's queer alliance uh, said the sole purpose was absolutely for them to go after the gay pride flag. The ban has always been about being anti-queer rather than the neutrality they claimed. Now, Mayor Amir Ghalib, who is Muslim, defended the decision, saying, you know, we're not targeting anybody. We're trying to close the door for other groups that could be extremist or racist. That's what he said. No, I think you have certain beliefs, and they're like, eh, well, that's not what we're going to be doing here. Well, Sorry. his point is fairly valid. I mean, even though I think it's bogus, I think it's all based on his religion, of course. But I think you have to say that. Like, well, if we open it up for one, then we got to open it up for everybody sort of thing. There is some validity to that. I get where you're coming from. Yeah. We'll see where all that goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it, for a lot of us, the story's kind of hilarious. It is. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Uh, David, you had audio of an NFL ref. <laughs> oh, yeah. This was a funny moment during the Seahawks game. Quarterback got called for intentional grounding. He didn't like that. Tried to talk to the ref while the ref was announcing what the penalty was. And I oh. thought the ref handled it pretty well. He did. 
Oh, I hadn't seen this yet. Intentional grounding. grounding. Offense number seven. It's a 10 yard penalty. I'm talking to America here. Excuse me. <laughs> Then as you can hear him in the regular, what the? It's a 10 yard penalty. I'm talking to America here. Excuse me. It's a 10 yard penalty and a loss of down. That's great. That's fantastic. That is pretty funny. Okay. Much more to get to. Oh, entertainment news. A new movie has become the highest grossing biopic of all time. Replacing Bohemian Rhapsody, Scott. How about that, huh? Windy Thrunk. Uh, we will get to that. And a news update straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. See up on the news crawl. Yeah. The Hunter Biden lawsuit. Suing the IRS. They, tar- they targeted Hunter Biden and they just sought to embarrass him. Yeah, don't they know he just had a casual struggle with crack cocaine? The dude's protected. You got whistleblowers saying so. And he has the stones to then sue the IRS? What happens if someone says, all right, call off the dogs, let the IRS go after him now? Holy cow, man. He would really be in a lot of trouble. This protection for him is not going to last forever. Something that kind of crosses my mind occasionally is... I wonder, as they are, his lawyers are throwing everything possible out there because yes. they are obviously very ticked that this plea deal a couple months ago fell apart because the judge had the audacity to read what was in it. Correct. And they thought they were done. Yep. I wonder how much, when you're talking lawsuits against the IRS, not against the individual whistleblowers, how much of this is a warning to either dad himself or members of his cabinet saying you better start playing nice because we know stuff obviously about how all of this went down okay and some of this take it for what it is you listen to different people that know the inner workings of dc right so it's hard to say it's it's verifiable but the word has been the one thing about Hunter Biden is if he's going down, he's taking everybody with him. And everybody knows it. So if he goes down, Joe's going down, uncle's going down, all the Bidens, that could go all the way back to Obama. Everybody's going down. And there's even been some predicted all of a sudden if Hunter has an overdose and something happens, don't be surprised. Because he knows a lot of stuff about a lot of people. It's crazy. I, the one thing that I did not think we'd see today is Hunter suing the IRS. Yeah, yeah. There's really something there. They work for his dad, too, which makes it more uncomfortable. A little bit, yeah. Oh, I mentioned uh, the new biopic that is uh, or actually now the highest-grossing biopic of all time, beating Bohemian Rhapsody, is Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. Any interest in seeing that movie? Yeah, I'll wait, though. It's three hours long. Jeez. It is. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Well, they're making another Freddie Mercury movie where he uh, also invents a bomb. Is that a joke? Yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> you got that one? Mm-hmm. It's funny. All right, Mer- moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> Mer- 
You want to keep going? No, I'm done. Okay, just making I can sure. Tell already. Just <laughs> I'm losing the audience. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I thought you might actually enjoy this. I didn't know this was a thing. It's the most unusual pet insurance claim of the year. Mm. They keep track of this. I had never heard of it before. Um, by the way, and it just happened too in New York. They moved like a five thousand pound concrete slab to rescue a kitten. Yeah. The strain. Yeah. Was it worth that? Just one kitten? Sure it was. Yeah. Okay. I got him, buddy. I got him. Yeah. Yep, I got him. Yeah. We got him, guys. I mean, that wasn't cheap to do. No. But anyway, so people have pet insurance, and then, you know, they mentioned, all right, here are some of the claims that we got in. Like Giles, a cat from New York, got smushed in a sofa, went out of town, visitors inadvertently closed the folding couch oh, with him underneath. No. He ended up fine. Mm. He'd be all right. Um, then Grayson, it was a lab from Texas, took an unexpected jump off a 36-foot high bridge and oh. landed on concrete and lived. Gosh, wow. dang. That, wow. yeah, that's unbelievable. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. Um, oh, yeah, Jax, a pug from Vegas, wrapped in a comforter at home while recovering from surgery, got in more trouble when he became dangerously overheated, suffered oh. heat stroke. Oh, man. And yeah. then... Uh, this cat from Seattle, Rafa, this was last year, rescued after falling 45 feet down a storm drain in the ICU for four days. Dang. And then lived. Good. Good to know. <laughs> Kitty's going to be okay. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Just cracking up because I look up from reading, and you, you do have the puppy dog eyes, yeah. Scott. It's unbelievable. Oh. You and the little kitties. Yeah. You got a little soft spot. Yeah. Well, it's going to be all right, man. It's going to be okay. Biggest story of the day today, David? Uh, probably that Hunter Biden is suing the IRS. And the more I think about it, the more I am convinced this is a warning shot to everybody involved in this, that Hunter Biden, his lawyers are going to unleash the dogs. Yeah, that's a lot of Democrats, man. Yeah. Oh, buddy. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. It's pretty wild. Do you want more kitty stories, Scott? I would love that. Do you love, have any in your trifecta? Great. No, I don't have any in my trifecta. Top three stories of the day? No, no none. All right. Well, we'll get to the trifecta and a news update straight ahead right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Got the trifecta coming up in just a few. News update, David Van Camp. Well, we got the numbers from uh, Border Patrol. 20,000. Yeah encounters over the weekend at the southern border well the, the border's closed that's surprising to me oh and you see there's another train on the way now like yeah back to the geez when you think a train too you, you know, i don't think that i saw it i was holy smokes man like thousands oh yeah well and you know what's happening in new york chicago other major cities with this problem and then throughout texas I mean, throughout Arizona, California, I mean, all over the place, New Mexico, and just north of Houston, David, and you and I heard the same story. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, this has been going on for a while now. It's a place called Colony Ridge near a little town called Plum Grove. Massive uh, real estate development operation going there that has uh, that specifically is targeting illegal immigrants. This is where, remember the horrible story a few months ago, guy, uh, a dude is outside and he's firing his rifle 
uh, one of his neighbors confronts him, says, hey, stop, stop shooting your yep. rifle. My kids are trying to sleep. Guy goes into the house, murders almost everybody in there. Yes. Uh, that's where this happened. Uh, and, again, Colony Ridge. And what it is is you're talking like tens of thousands of homes that have been going up. And, it's again, it's been going on for a little more than 10 years. Um, the real estate developer gets around traditional, uh, you know, banking regulations with mortgages and whatnot by financing himself, by providing the financing himself for illegal immigrants because it's not up to him to check on your immigration status. Correct. So it's perfectly legal what he's doing. Of course, you know, the rates are basically, it's like 15%. Yes. And you, you well, know, they're not the nicest homes from at least the story oh, no, that I heard. No, it's a, it's a shanty town. Yeah, and you're talking about uh, you know somebody slaps down like 200 bucks cash, and you're approved financing. Yeah, for this home, and so the whole deal is to keep people who are in a desperate situation paying him. In order, and at to, the same time, he is a big donor to Republicans. Yeah. And a lot of people are oddly quiet about how this has been going on for a long time. Because they're paid off. Right. Hmm. Odd. Um, And, yeah, and then, of course, you know what happens. There are a couple of cartels who are involved in that using uh, properties uh, in the area as stash houses for guns, people, drugs, uh, as part of this massive smuggling operation. And no one seems able or willing to do anything about it. Yeah. I mean, for the I, I mean, the and, people you're counting on to do anything about it are not doing anything about it. Yeah. And, and so this is in Liberty County, Texas, and, and the sheriff's office is, has been trying to do stuff, but they're outnumbered and outgunned. It's a tiny county population wise. They don't have the manpower to really go in and clean that up. It is actually a no go zone. Like you're you're entering a different country for all intents and purposes when you when you go into this area. I mean, it's not too much of an exaggeration to say when you've heard about how the cartels run towns in Mexico, I mean entire areas. That's basically what's happening just north of Houston. Yeah, and you've got a rich guy who's an American who's funding the entire operation, profiting. Yeah, yes. Not great for me or the country. Yeah, who yeah, cares? Who cares? Just absolutely horrible. Wow. Terrible. All right. Scott, you ready for your big Yeah, three? let's go. Roll it out. Let's go. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day, Robbins is back. Scott Robbins, trifecta. His top three today. I'm Casey Kasem. Another weekend goes by. Another big football weekend. You're invited. You don't show up. Every weekend. Every weekend. I keep asking, hoping, but that never happens. Believe me, I didn't want to go. (laughs) Why did you tell me that, then? Uh, Why don't you tell me that? Gotcha. I'm ready. (laughs) Three. All right. It seems like you guys are growing apart. Well, I'm trying to bridge the gap here, but he won't. I I invite nothing. Three. Never answers the phone, either. I get voicemail every single time. I don't know why. Okay. He's starting to get a little bit bitter about being, you know, kept in this genie lamp that you got in there. I know. Well, I... Three. <laughs> Number three, um, you want to share some advice uh, for parents with all the trans insanity going on. Seth Dillon. You guys familiar with Seth? 
Babylon B. Babylon B. <laughs> yeah. Seth Dillon. Uh, you know, the article starts with it seems like uh, everybody is talking about trans this, trans that's consume the cultural conversation. And for many, the time for being nice and quiet has o- is over. It's ended. We're done. Not doing this anymore. Yeah. So who else but Babylon B's CEO, Seth Dillon, to give some great dad advice on how to deal with the topic when it comes <laughs> when it comes to and not to lose your temper or your mind at the same time. So Seth tweeted this out. He says, hey, when someone asks you if men can become women, the correct response is laughter. <laughs> Which, by the way, is so simple yet so succinct, doesn't it? Huh? Yes. Now I'm laughing at something completely yeah. different. And I meant to bring this up Friday. I had gone to the B uh, to look at something someone sent me. And there were like three or four stories that were hilarious. And we got busy on Friday. I just clicked. And you know, one of the stories that's out today is they've relaxed the dress code for John Fetterman. Of course. The Senate. Yeah. You have to wear business clothes. No longer. He can wear his hoodie and his shorts. Yeah. Like basketball shorts or whatever. Yeah. It's ridiculous. The headline is, and it's a picture of Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell in hospital gowns. It says aging senators show up to work in their hospital gowns after dress code relaxed. Yeah. I like the whole thing of John John Fetterman, too. He is capable enough to be in the Senate, but wearing a suit and tie makes him too sad. So they changed the rules for him. It's unbelievable. That's what he said, right? It makes him sad. Yeah, Yeah. because he's battled clinical depression and. Apparently, he's got to be true to himself or something. And I don't really care what the dress code is in the Senate, but it is remarkable that they make this accommodation for this guy after we were assured he'd be fine. Of course. Absolute joke, man. And the countdown continues. Yes, Jeez. Scott Robbins, Trifect, the top three of the day up to number two. Uh, Drew Barrymore was going to start doing her show again. Uh, talk show it it had been on hiatus because of uh, the writer's strike but because of now all the backlash she has gone back to putting the show on hiatus yeah anyone, she's not coming uh, back anyone seen drew barrymore's spine she seems to have lost it and then the good news was it seemed like she was gonna do the right thing and she said listen i've got people that depend on me on this show to feed their kids their livelihoods whatever i i can't i'm not doing this we're gonna go on with the show like we always have, right? Despite the fact it's the strike. And of course, here they come. The woke mob and the nutballs got a hold of her, grinded her into salt, and she finally said, okay. And she's a very tearful video. I'm so sorry. I didn't understand the gravity of my decision. And well, we're pulling the plug on the show. And, yeah, and then she deleted the apology video. Yeah, then deleted the apology video for some weird reason. Who knows why? Oh. Backlash to the apology video. Well, there should have been backlash to the apology video. Stand your ground. You stated oh, your no, case. It, was, it wasn't good enough. And and, and and then, of course, that happens, and they pulled the rug. The interesting thing about all this is The View continues to have new shows. Who's pushing on them? Anybody? Crickets I'm, everywhere. I'm just asking the question. Do you need writers for that? Yeah, I don't. Well, I, I would think you. I would think that the writers would have some sort of role. I have no idea. I, I don't um, either. Bill Maher, man down too. Bill Maher had said, "I'm going to be going back and doing a show." Yeah, 
uh, but you know, we're not going to do this, that, or the other. You know, there are certain things we're not going to do out of respect right. for the writers. He goes, but there are a whole lot of people who, again, are depending on a paycheck from this show who aren't part of the union. Right. And so, you know, he's saying, I got to get back to work. Well, he has now uh, reversed that as of today, saying, uh, no, uh, I, you know, I did that because uh, both sides seemed like nothing was going to happen. And now that they've agreed to go back to the negotiating table, I'm going to stand in solidarity with it, the union. What's going uh, on? I know, man. There's I, more I know. to it. Right? Yes. You well, know, I was thinking, too, about like someone like Drew Barrymore. Golly, that show's been embarrassing on a lot of levels. Well, it's not very good, number one. But then, okay, when she made the decision, I'm going to go ahead and go ahead. You yeah. had to know the fire was coming down on you, right? Well, of course. I, Dude, did, did you hear part of the, the apology video? Yeah. She had no idea. I wanted to own a decision, and I would just take full responsibility for my actions. I know there's just nothing I can do that will make this okay. For those it is not okay with, my intentions have never been in a place to upset or hurt anyone. It's not who I am. There's a huge question of the why. Why am I doing this? (laughs) Well, I certainly couldn't have expected this kind of attention. This is bigger than me. And there are other people's jobs on the line. Mm -hmm. Um, You know... I don't know if I'm the only one. I don't think so. I don't know Drew Barrymore. You feel bad for her childhood, that sort of thing, and then she seems to get past that. You just want anybody to have a good life, make your choices, whatever. But sometimes the more you get to know people, you're like, wow, man. (sighs) Really clueless there. How could I have known? You didn't know? Yeah, well. I don't believe that for a second. Should have been like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I'm just going to have to stand strong. No, fold just like that. Wow. Bill Maher folds, though. Yeah, Maybe. about that. There's a lot of pressure. There's got to be more to that. I bet it runs deep. Wow, man. Wow. We're getting closer and closer to number one. Casey's not on strike. No, he, no, he's not. Scott Robbins, trifecta, top three of the day, up to number one. Number one, you want to talk about students earning good grades by demanding good grades. This is an interesting story uh, about younger Americans, Gen Z students in particular. Um, there's a report out now that says 44% of educators say students often ask for better grades and they should rightly be awarded. More than four in ten educators surveyed says the students somewhat 26 percent or very often 18 percent ask them to change their grades to a higher score they haven't earned additionally 24 percent this happens every so often 25 percent said it happens rarely six percent say it happens all the time now regarding gratuitous grade upgrades uh, you may never have uh, considered begging your teachers, but apparently that's what's going on now. Some of them will say things like, I will be unflattering on social media against you unless you do this with a threat. Um, others will cry and weep, uh, and the teachers have subsequently changed grades to help these students. Yeah, the mob rules. There you go. And a, a lot of times an, the parents back them. An, exactly. Another it's, perfect example of that happening. And they're saying, well, there's some some degrees, particularly when you start to go to college, that you shouldn't be doing this with. 
Yeah, because then you're not equipped for college. Right, exactly. But we've seen different parents throw a fit. Well, this kid was supposed to graduate. We thought it was okay, and now you're telling me his grades aren't good enough? Well, right. No, they're not good enough. 30, 38%, can't write. 38% of instructors have faced harassments from students. Sure. 33% from parents. 45% of those polled believe Gen Z students were frequently asked for better grades than did their predecessors. Trouble in their personal lives uh, was one of their demands, 59%. They were sick, 35%. Class was too difficult, 41%. The grading was, here you go, unfair. Yeah. And there you have it. Yeah, why wasn't I thinking of this stuff, huh? Because it wouldn't have worked. No. Because there would have been a backbone at the time. They would have called my parents. My parents would have beat me. Yeah. Yes. Are you insane? No. I mean, seriously, man. I know. It's crazy. Stop with the threats or we're going to go public caning. Yeah. And then if not, jail. Say it again. Public caning, then jail. That guy that cracked my chest open didn't fudge his grades, okay? I'm just saying. All right. News update Nimrod's on the way. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Before we get to uh, Nimrod's news update, David Van Camp. I'm sorry. I, I'm 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 becoming more and more obsessed with the notion that an F-35, a, a plane, mm-hmm. we knew where it was. The pilot ejected, but we don't know where the plane is. Unfreaking believable. Yeah, they're still looking for that thing. This is crazy. Went missing uh, in South Carolina after a quote-unquote mishap occurred. The pilot ejected, and the plane is, your guess is as good as mine. Honestly, I thought we'd have the answer to the story by now. Oh, absolutely I did. $80 million plane. Can't find it. They know it crashed, or is it still flying around somewhere? They don't know it's it crashed. Did you just think that in your head, or did you hear that? No, I just thought, well, they said it was going to run out of fuel over South Carolina, or they thought yeah, it was but they, anyway. Yeah, I mean, they, they they feel pretty confident that it's not flying. <laughs> kind of, sort of, sort of, kind of confident. But oh, they boy. don't know. Oh, my gosh. Right. How embarrassing. Okay, wow. and with that... We go to Nimrod's. Roll. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dean. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod's in the news. We start in Alabama. Band director there at high school. Pretty close to Birmingham. His name's Johnny Mims. So that school's football team won 27 to nothing Thursday night. Mm, big win. But according to reports, bands for both schools continued to play long after the game was over. So police said to the directors for both the bands, hey, could you stop playing so everybody goes home? We're ready to clear out of here. So the other school's band said, yeah, fine. Okay, well, Johnny told his kids, don't stop. We just smoked them 27 nothing. We're going to celebrate. Let's rock. Police eventually decided to arrest him. So, what? No. So he starts resisting. Then they had to tase him. Good golly, man. Oh, yeah. This guy's all about it, man. He's a... Don't tase me, bro. Yeah, I didn't know. Disorderly conduct, harassment, resisting arrest. Superintendent put out a statement that said they're not commenting until we gather all the facts. (laughs) 12-minute long Susa marches. (laughs) And that's Nimrod's in the news.